Hello and welcome to the Real Life Sports Show. This podcast is for sports fans, whether you're playing it, interested in it or looking to learn from high achievers. My name is Sam Adams. I'm known as the Real Life Coach. I'm a business owner and a life coach and I work with sports professionals, athletes, coaches and people in and around the industry. I help those people live more expansively, more authentically, so that they can enhance their performance, whether that's playing their game or living their real life. My background is in business. I've been in business for over 20 years in property. I've mentored and coached in that industry, and that led me into being a life coach. I'm super passionate about sports, and that's what led me to working in that industry and creating this podcast. In this podcast, I'm going to be talking to some amazing human beings, some elite athletes and people from that industry. We're going to be talking about the glory, the glamour, the achievements and the medals. But we're also going to go to the real life bit, behind the scenes, what it really takes to excel. We're going to talk about the guts, the determination, the grit and the grime. For you, the listener, you're going to get some great takeaways and insight, whether you're looking to achieve for yourself around your mindset or your personal development. This is the podcast for you. So if you enjoy the podcast, I'd love for you to leave me a five-star review and any comments you have. So here we go, the Real Life Sports Show. Welcome everybody to today's podcast episode. Um, I'm really excited by probably one of my youngest ever guests. I think the youngest ever guest I've had on the podcast. And um, rather than me introduce her to you all, I'm going to ask her to do it for herself. So over to you, Rio. Thank you so much um, for having me. And I, I'm, I think I am the youngest guest. So um, yeah. my name is uh, Rio. I'm 18 years old. I'm currently the club captain for Crystal Palace under 23s. Um, and also a part of a, a college football programme called Level 7 Academy. Um, and that's a that's a short intro um, about <laughs> myself. No, that's a good that's a good little intro. Thank you. And it's nice for to jump straight in. So I had the privilege of obviously getting to know you, Rio, for, from Clubhouse, this amazing new app that everybody is on. And just hearing you speak in some of the Clubhouse rooms has been just inspiring the, the way you speak and you're so eloquent and wise for one so young um, and I, I think that's what's drawn me and a lot of people to you um, and that kind of drew me to wanting to have you on this podcast really and talk about you know your sporting life as it were and, and what it what goes on behind the scenes because that's what this podcast is about it's it's not about all the glory it's about what it takes to be uh, a top level athlete so you you are crystal palace football club's under 23 captain um and you obviously are part of the college level seven academy but before we touch on those i'd like i always like to ask about the early years now you're only 18 they're all early years <laughs> <laughs> but sort of growing up were you always into sports how was it for you Oh yeah, I was one of those that probably had every single piece of sporting equipment that you could think of, whether it be American football, a golf club, uh, tennis, like I was just into everything. But the one that really drew me into the love of the game was the football. Um, and it all really started when I was about five years old in the park with my mom. She uh, gave me the, this little Man United football. And I think that's, that's where it all began. And 
I, I really like to reflect on that because I was just such a sporty kid. Um, I remember sports day um, was my favourite day. <laughs> I, I always looked forward to it and I got so competitive and everyone knew how competitive I was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just such, I'm, I just love sport in general, men's, women's. Um, I just love it. Um, but football was the one that just kind of drew me to it and I, I, did, I, did, I haven't stopped um, and I'm, I'm continuing to play now. So it's, all, it's really great to see the journey that I've been on so far. How old were you when you first started playing football then? Uh, probably properly like maybe six so really young yeah um and that's when I kind of got introduced to kind of my first um team in a way and that was called Camden um just my local club and I was really lucky and fortunate to have an all-girls team because that was really rare um so I was just grateful that I got put in that environment from such a young age. And I remember the kit being 10 times big for me. <laughs> but um, that's, that's where it all began, really. Yeah, grassroots football at its best. And so what, what happened then, obviously, when did you, know, when did you kind of like realise that actually you're quite good at it and you'd like to make something of, of you know, your ability? Mm-hmm. I think it's it's funny to look back on because I I don't think I had that kind of moment mm. um I think I relied more on people telling me that you've got something special mm-hmm. um and start to to trial out for these bigger bigger clubs and mm. if I look at my journey I was in the I was at Camden for 10 years at that grassroots club I just loved it I loved the environment and I think when you're that young girl I think the environment's so important um if you just look at sport in general and I'm it really all started to change for me when I was maybe 15 16 and I actually got selected to go um to America on an international tournament um and I remember kind of how I played and I think I was the youngest in the squad I think I was literally a baby I looked at the pictures I was like oh my god I'm so small compared to everyone else but um I it was in um New York and I just loved that experience I think when I came we had a match against Miami and I think I came off the bench because I was one of the youngest ones and I scored about four goals Mm. in that game and I think when I came off the pitch I was like I've got something special so when I got back to the UK that's when I really started to push and got a lot more confidence and started to go on trials. Mm. That's amazing yeah I can imagine you know going abroad and doing a sport that you love that that would be you know amazing and definitely spark a fire in you. What um, have you done many sort of tournaments like that since was that was that a one-off or what's happened since then? Yeah, so um, those tournaments, so I did one when I was 14, 15 and 16. Mm-hmm. So um, it's for people, I think the max age was 16. Um, so you have kind of three years um, and I got selected every time. And I, and my, uh, set two, on two occasions, I was captain and on the final one, I got a bronze medal. Um, and I was just re- so ecstatic because the competition obviously in the States is really competitive. Yeah. And um, we beat um, a Philadelphia team who actually beat us in the group stage about 5-0 and we, we beat them in the semi. Wow. Um, and I was just really, I was <laughs> over the moon. <laughs> I actually had a concussion, so I don't really remember wow. much of that game. <laughs> so that, um, what, During the game, you got, did you get, get a head knock? No, so it was, it was before, I didn't get to play in the bronze medal game. 
and because I got a concussion they ruled me out and I just remember myself I had the sunglasses on because obviously the light yeah and I was literally just shit I was literally like another coach on the sideline just <laughs> every single tackle I was making sure that we won that game yeah. um, and I think that just shows how I am if I can't play I'll be the coach on the <laughs> sideline I was gonna say you know where your we know where your career is going already don't we <laughs> <laughs> yeah Gonna be coaching at some point. That's you're passionate about it. I I saw a clip the other day. Um, it was Lucy Bronze, and I remember years ago she always said that she never be a coach, didn't want to be a coach. And then there's this clip from when she was with the in England squad, and she was like rallying the troops and and giving them tips and stuff like that. And now she's changed her mind. And uh, you know, I think the love of the game makes you passionate. You just want your teammates to do well, even if you probably can't be on the pitch yourself. Um, I know I'd probably feel like that if it was me. Yeah, 100%, yeah. Tell me about the grassroots then, you know, all those years at Camden. What was that like? Because, you know, I've spoken to um, obviously a lot of male footballers, I've coached some male footballers um, around mindset and life and stuff. And it's, it's very different, the men's game, to the women's game. So what was it like grassroots for you growing up and then obviously training and stuff for Camden? How did that? Was it just like, oh, we'll just show up at the weekend or did you train in the week and how did that work for you? Yeah, I really miss, I miss the, the grassroots kind of dynamic because <laughs> uh, I laugh at it when I look back at it compared to my, my training schedule now. So yeah. really what it was, um, I think we had maybe one training night or possibly two, but that really depended on the weather, for example. Obviously, the yeah. majority of the time we were on grass pitches. So... I remember when I was younger, a lot of the league games was probably postponed if it just started to rain just a, a touch. And it was very <laughs> frustrating because for me, I always got like public transport. So I'm halfway there and I get the text in the group chat and I said, oh my God, because my life literally surrounded. Um, and all what I do during the week was all towards that game. And that was literally at grassroots level. Um, but I really do miss that. I just love the whole atmosphere of the grassroots game. Um, I think it's just more of a sense of community. Um, mm. And I look back at it and all the coaches, the amount of, most of them are volunteers and the amount of hours they put in to just really, they understand how important it is to get these young girls playing at that level and try and keep them in the game. Yeah. Um, so look, some might not go into professional football, but how can they start to keep them active just in general? Because mm -hmm. there's a massive dropout rate when you get to my age, for example, the 16 to 18 age range is a massive dropout. Like if I look at my grassroots club, um, Alexander Park, who I went from Camden to Alexander Park and that was kind of a big transfer move for me. <laughs> um, but if I look at that squad, I'm the only player who's actually went on to like an academy level and the most of them have either gone to uni or dropped out of football. Mm. Um, and it's a shame really, but I think there's there's a long way to go, but I think that's just down to the funding at the grassroots level. Um, mm. Because I think if we get more clubs, more opportunities, more tournaments, um, the game's only going to get bigger at that grassroots level. Yeah, absolutely. You know, sadly, a lot of it does come down to funding. And, you know, I'm a lot older than you, Rio, and I used to play football. And, oh, God, it was, you know... <laughs> grass grassroots plus 10 it was it was hilarious uh you know to get to matches we'd all bundle in one car it'd be about eight of us and yeah <laughs> uh, 
the kit was shocking um and so were the football boots uh, the pitches well you know you, you probably know you know some of the pitches i'm sure you've played on are, are questionable and um yeah but it was a lot of the thing for me was it, it was the fun I, I i'm like you I, I played a lot of sport when i was a kid and um, i was a county athlete and um I would have played any sport to be honest I didn't care about the weather I just wanted to be involved but it was it was a community that we had as a group as a bunch that was one of the biggest things that kept me going back and and I guess the drop-off rate you know when we get to sort of 14 15 16 for young girls is that I mean there's so many other things you can be involved in but of course you become much more self-conscious um as well and I think I don't know I'm not the expert but I think that is part of it you know I have a young niece who's 15 16 and she feels very self-conscious and there's a there's a certain I think there's a certain stigma that's attached to sort of playing like the still what's classified as a male dominated sports like football and rugby I don't know what's your view on that yeah I think it, looking at my kind of secondary school experience and also primary school it was extremely difficult for me um and I think if it wasn't down to my kind of personal traits and characteristics I probably would have dropped out because if I if I looked at my secondary school for example I was the only girl that played football or even enjoyed sport um so it was extremely difficult for me if I look at maybe some of the friends that I had in secondary school, I wouldn't necessarily talk about football because no one else enjoyed it. And here I was, I had all this, I was just bursting to tell everyone how I played on the weekend, but no one really wanted to hear it because they just don't enjoy football. Mm. Um, and really, even when I tried to, to talk about it, it was with the boys and they kind of just overlooked it because I'm a female. And I remember if um, I look at, at lunchtime on the Astro all the girls were kind of just chilling eating lunch I wanted to be on the Astro turf playing football with the boys mm -hmm. and I immediately got the respect when I was in year seven because from most of them came from primary school with me they all knew I could play football so I was lucky that I got that respect but unfortunately that's what that's what happened mm -hmm. and it's incredibly difficult and obviously yes football and rugby you mentioned is very male dominated but I think it just takes more representation and more role models so what I did at that school when I got into the sixth form I was only there for a couple of months until I went to a football academy um, I actually coached uh, the girls football team at lunchtime and I remember often I literally got the tiniest section of the AstroTurf and I was literally confronting some of the boys I said look I'm running a session I want at least half the pitch and I got it because they just respected me like that but I it just takes role models and representations and other girls like me to really just be at the forefront and challenge and then you'll start to get um, improvement and it shouldn't be like that but unfortunately that's where we are um, currently. Yes yeah, it's, it's a challenging time although it's much better than you know when I was a kid you know things are a lot better but they still have a long way to go which is which is a sad state of affairs and, and getting young girls involved in more sport knowing that it's okay to get hot and bothered and sweaty and physical yeah. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with exercise it, I think there's this period like where young girls feel like 14 15 you're like very self-conscious and then you probably get sort of early 20s mid 20s and then you're like you want to kind of exercise because it becomes about body image 
um, and, and not about the enjoyment of it and just that it's great for your mindset, if nothing else, to move your body. Um, maybe I'm right or wrong, I don't know, but that's kind of like a little bit what I think it's about. And you're, you're absolutely right. We need that more role models. We need that visibility. You know, visibility is something, again, that I'm really passionate about. Hence why I want more young girls like you and young women like you on this podcast, you know, from all different sports, really. The more women I can get on this podcast, the better. Um, because I think, you know, we do need to raise the visibility of women in sport to get young girls to see it and to try and find a way that we can get it on the TV more and the media more. Um, but I'm super, super passionate about that because we're so underrepresented in the media um, it's really, really shocking. And when we have talent like yourself, you know, luckily you're a very determined young woman, but I think we lose a lot of our potentially good athletes through, you know, lack of sport, lack, uh, support, lack of funding um, and visibility. So you standing up and championing football is, you know, I want to commend you for that because I know that can't be easy or maybe you do find it easy. I don't know. <laughs> no, it is difficult because obviously I, I have to balance my kind of schedule within college and football, but I also want to take a lot a lot of time out of my day is to really put key issues in the spotlight and kind of just raise the awareness. And we shouldn't have to do that, but I'm more than happy to kind of take that time out of my schedule to make sure I can inspire the next generation. So, for example, I was on a call last night with... Um, a group of under 13s and I did a, a Zoom ball mastery for them. And I know how important that is for them to kind of have that 30 minutes of seeing someone that's progressing in their career and kind of giving them that role model. Yeah. Um, and I think before you touched on a really great point in terms of um, the body image and when you're kind of 14, 15, really self-conscious. Cause I remember if you look at PE lessons, when the teacher said we're gonna uh, like maybe play with the boys I remember all the girls taking way more longer in the changing room <laughs> like, to get ready and like for me I was literally like get my football boots on I'm sprinting out I was always the first one collecting all the equipment right yeah. but like they were scared to go into tackles but I, I understood it because I went through that as well but I kind of just loved the sport so I just got stuck in yeah. but there was a change for me when we did maybe like gymnastics I really like went into a shell because I just didn't enjoy that sport mm. and all the other girls started to enjoy that so it, it is a really tough balance and then when you hit maybe my age and you're starting to look at body image and it's to do with the media again I think yeah that's it it's a really good point but I think it is slowly changing. I think people understand how important it is to remain active. Mm. Um, it could literally just be a 30 minute walk. And I think everyone in this lockdown, that 30 minute walk in <laughs> lockdown has been the savior. Yeah, the savior of everything. And I think everyone's actually starting to feel really grateful if they've even got a garden, for example. Yeah, um, yeah it's been yeah. tough. It's been tough. You know, I, I was banging the, the movement drum way before lockdown but it's been banged a lot harder during it that you know and everyone appreciates it now and you you can't underestimate the impacts of just exercise or like just a walk just getting out every day getting out in nature and moving our bodies the body was designed to move at the end of the day and and I always say move your body move your mindset move your body move your mood it it, it, it shifts your mood it releases those those good chemicals that make us feel good 
Um, and yeah, when we are designed to move, so it's getting that message out to the world, but to the younger generation to keep them in, you know, involved in some kind of activity. Um, I want to ask you sort of what, what's it like now then for you in terms of training? And obviously we're in this pandemic at the moment, but somebody might listen to this podcast, you know, once we're out of this pandemic, hopefully, but, but what's your, you know, because it, this podcast is a bit about what it takes to excel. Now, obviously you've got, you, you have a talent. There's no question about that. A lot of people have talents, but they don't tap into them. Um, and talent isn't going to get you where you want to be alone. There has to be other elements added to it. So what is your sort of day to day look like and what is it you feel that you need to do in order to excel? Yeah, I really like that message as well, because I think a lot of people kind of like to put a filter over that aspect and just focus on success. And for people that know me, they'll understand the routine that I do every single day. So if I look at if we're going out of lockdown, what my normal uh, training schedule looks like. So obviously I'm part of a football college academy as well. So on a Monday, it's a two hour training on a Tuesday, four hours, including two hours at Crystal Palace. Um, Wednesday is my college game day. Thursday's um, two hour for Crystal Palace. Friday's the strength and conditioning. Saturday's my only rest day. And then Sunday's my match day for Crystal Palace. And a lot of people, you see that that training, just the training alone is so difficult, but also the travel time, um, also the recovery, um, it just takes up my whole day. Um, I think you're going to need to run us through that again, because I'm <laughs> write that down there, and I couldn't keep up. So, okay, run us through that again, your week. Yes, it is, it is hectic. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so the Monday session is a, it's a two-hour uh, session with my uh, college academy, yeah. um, and it's really intense. Um, but a lot of plyometrics and all these other things that attach with football, just not not always just a football session. Um, maybe fitness for half an hour, um, and that. And then during the day is my college day, and then we have the training after, in the afternoon. Um, Tuesday. Um, again, it's a, it's a two hour training at um, level seven, but they understand that on Tuesdays, obviously I've got Crystal Palace straight afterwards. So they understand my training load, which is really beneficial for me. So then I might have a, a lighter session with my academy because I know I, they know that I have to be at the highest level for Crystal Palace training. Mm. Um, but then on the Wednesday, I have a match day. So they're really... I. On the Tuesday night, I get home about 11 p.m. and I have to recover and be ready for the game on the Wednesday. Um, and then Thursday, again, Crystal Palace training. Um, and that's the, probably the more intense one because obviously we've got the game on the on the Sunday and then yeah. Friday is strength and conditioning. Um, and I'll tell you now that Saturday I sleep. <laughs> it's just... I am not moving on that Saturday and, and Sunday's a game day again. So it, it's really hectic, but I love it. And I've missed it during this lockdown because it, it just keeps me ticking. Um, I, I just love to train um, because again, what you said before, you could have all the talent in the world, but if you don't work hard, you're not going to get to reach any level really. Yeah. Um, talent only takes you so far. For sure, absolutely. All skill and no will, you know, that would be a very, you know, and there's been some very skillful, uh, talented sports people, right? But they haven't got the will or they don't want to un unpack their gifts. You know, yeah, what's the point of that? You have to 
be willing to apply yourself and do all the other elements that go with it in order to to be the best that you can be and mm. that sounds like a heck of a week <laughs> how do you how do all of those bits play intertwine because obviously you're part of crystal palace but you're part of the academy and college you know how do you see all of those are they all necessary in order to to get to the top level of the game because you know you could think well you're with crystal palace that, that's awesome mm. so how do they all intertwine and connect to each other yeah, I'm, I'm really lucky because of um, kind of the communication between Crystal Palace and also my level seven because some of my coaches are at Crystal Palace first team. So they understand my training load and we have it on like this whiteboard who's on high load, medium load, low load. So I think just that it's so crucial for me because before when I was in that school environment, they didn't understand my football commitment. They they were more on the academic side of things and they didn't understand that maybe I couldn't get my homework done because I had training that night. Um, but this is what I'm so grateful for with uh, the academy in Crystal Palace at the moment. And it all intertwines really because if you look at it alone, if I was only training two hour, four hours in total for Crystal Palace, you'd need a lot more than that to be prepared, match ready for the Sunday training. And I think a lot of it is... I, I say my team training, but also I'll do individual work. So it could just be strength and conditioning. It could even be yoga, mm. um, small things like that. But that's what it takes if you want to perform day in, day out um, and have your muscles being able to move the next day <laughs> because of muscle soreness. Mm. But um, that's when the recovery comes in and that takes up a chunk of my evening. So it just shows you how much commitment um, that's needed uh, to really reach the the top level. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing, and uh, your dedication to doing it. I mean, obviously you've got a passion for it, so you know, passion drives you on, right? Desire pulls you along. I, I firmly believe that. And whatever you're going after in life, you have to find your passion and your desires because that will well, that will get you up on the days when you're probably <laughs> a little bit more sore than normal, or you know, not feeling it. You're human at the end of the day, even when you're yeah. passionate about something. You have your days when it's just like, oh, really today? But that's where, you know, you're doing something you love. So it will drive you to get up and get out. Um, what's what what's been the toughest challenges you faced, um, you know, over the years with your footballing career or just playing football? What's been your toughest challenges? I think there's been a few, but I think it's more towards maybe when I was at that grassroots level. So um, for me, if I look at my home life, so my mum's disabled and when I was at that younger age, I didn't really understand um, how maybe she couldn't get to matches or she couldn't stand for a long period of time. And it it never really affected me, but it was always at the back of my mind. Um, and I knew she would have done absolutely anything to get to watch me play, right? And mm. she's always on the phone. I remember if I, if I lose a game, I'm not texting her straight away as I usually would. So she knew I'd be in a mood and she says, right, I've got a, an, a warm bath ready for you and a nice meal when you come back home. But um, I think now it's, I'm really happy because she could watch my games on like a live stream or my highlights. So that for me, her seeing me play is probably my biggest thing because I always want to make her proud. So um, that element of it was really difficult because I would say to her, I scored a 20-yard free kick. It was insane. So I'd have to really describe it in detail. But um, I think that was probably the most challenging. And also when she was going in and out of hospital at the start of 2020, it was a really 
difficult start to the year. Mm. I think that's when I started to realise also the mental side of the game um, because I really did have a physical and mental burnout. Um, And I, I took a step back and without the support I had around me at the time, God knows where I would have been in that February, maybe March period of 2020, because obviously we were going into that lockdown mm. um, because it was difficult for me because obviously I was coming home um, maybe 1am because I, I kind of got a breakthrough at an under 23 in the championship um, and I was coming in at 1am and I barely got to see my mum mm. and it was really difficult for me and I think that was probably the most challenging time for me as a, as a player, but also just me in general as a daughter it was difficult um but for me kind of lockdown straight after that was a big blessing for me because I got to spend time with with my family and really just worked on myself mentally as well as physically and I came out a bit stronger so I really wouldn't change anything but I think that was probably my the most difficult was probably the the beginning of uh, January yeah and the mental obviously you know I'm super passionate about the mindset and the mental side of of life let alone sport you say you worked on yourself in that period of time what what did that look like what did you do yeah so I was really lucky I got um I had a course with uh, psychology Mm. and it focuses on emotional literacy within football Mm. um and we probably had about three sessions group sessions uh, with my team and he, I knew he was offering one-to-one support afterwards. And I said, you know, what? I'm going to reach out to this guy because I really trust him. His name's Kevin George. And mm. um, he's really helped me a lot. Um, he's, he's told me different techniques. I've been just giving me books to read. I love, see, the only time I read is about maybe the mental side of the game. So I've got, if I look at the books I've got, it's all on mindset. So one of them's called Who Says You Can't You Do? And I love those books because it, it changes your thinking in day-to-day life as well. Um, yeah, so he gave me different techniques. And for me, um, a battle mentally was when I had trials, I really got nervous. And obviously, I wanted to do really well. But he really gave me different techniques to try and manage that. And ultimately, I, I literally say this to him, if you didn't give me those techniques, maybe I wouldn't have, the, would have never done so well in that Crystal Palace trial. Mm. um and it I must say it's really helped me and now whenever I speak to younger girls or boys I really push on that mental side of the game because at the end of the day I al- always think that the mental side is more important than the physical side on a match day Absolutely. um yeah that's really really good it's good that you you did that that sounds like you know it's, it's super important the mental side is is a huge huge part um how, how do you see that then um, going forward for you? What, what, what are you hopeful? What are your intentions with your game and your future? Yeah, I think I've got a, a few different things that I, I want to get lined up. But obviously for me, the first one is kind of breaking into the, the first team at Crystal Palace and starting my journey to get as a professional footballer because that's always been my, my goal um, in life is to be a professional footballer at the highest level so mm-hmm. that is my number one goal in terms of the future but also I've just started my um, coaching um, pathway um, and I just want to give back to the grassroots game so I really can't wait to to get my just to be a coach and get in front of a group of girls and just share my passion and desire 
um because I think it's so important and I love to do media stuff as well um to really raise the visibility and exposure um so I've got a few things lined up but the the professional footballer is always my my biggest goal and um all my energy and focus is always on on that and hopefully having breaking into the the first team in the coming years is always a, a big goal of mine for the upcoming future yeah I'm sure I'm sure that's going to happen Leo mm-hmm. I don't really have any doubt about it and uh, yeah I think you'll I think you'll make it happen so what 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 do you like to do outside of football who are you outside of football because this is a big thing that I do in the work that I do that you know when you when you it doesn't matter if it's sport it could be you know it could be a big celebrity or a big actor and everyone knows you for that one thing and clearly your one thing is is football but you know we are multifaceted as human beings you know there is many things that make us who we are so who are you aside from this this obviously budding professional footballer <laughs> it's difficult because I've I've got this asked this question once before and it really makes you think because I think there's a big thing in terms of identity because if I look at my whole life it is really a revolved around football and yeah if I if I have to take that kind of thing away from me I always know that I'm extremely far, family orientated I'm always I just love sport in general um love music um and I'm quite an outgoing person and that's kind of me away from from the pitch but I also love like kind of my independent time and my alone time. So it could be on the walks, just listening to music, just having a good time. <laughs> um, that That's me off the pitch. Um, but it's a really good question because I do think a lot of people struggle with the identity um, side of things. And throughout this kind of second period of lockdown, because I've been going through an injury, I've started to think about who am I off the pitch? Yeah. And I've started to think about different different sort of things but I think that's me off it um yeah but it is a a really difficult question because my life literally revolves around football yeah it it is and you know I've had many conversations with people about it um and who we are outside of the main thing that drives us you know my business is my main driver but there are many other elements of my life that uh, that I need to keep an eye on and you know, you need to keep your, have relationships with your family and your friends and do other things that you enjoy as well. So and those are sort of some of the areas that generally I work in is making sure that you don't forget those things as well, because sport, you know, is part of life. It's, it's not your life because yes, it's a huge part of your life, but it's not everything. And sometimes people can get lost in that, you know, elite athletes can get lost in that. And there are times, sure, when you literally have to focus on nothing else. If you're training for an Olympics, there are going to be times when that is just all consuming. I'm sorry, but there is. But equally, you have to be, you have to keep all of the other tanks, as I call them, of life topped up. You know, you, an intimate relationship, you know, your family, your friends, other interests as well. So they are super important to keep your eye on going forward, which I know you're, you're a smart, smart cookie. Um, you, you obviously clearly understand all of that, which is amazing. Um, I'm conscious of, of time. Um, a couple of couple of quick questions, I guess. What what's the one question um, I haven't asked you that you wish I had? Oh, um, <laughs> that's a really good question. <laughs> that's a good one. That isn't um, God, I'd probably say maybe to do with um, the growth of the women's game in terms of 
not just me as a footballer, but how we could really develop the women's game and really make it take off, which it is doing, mm. um, would probably be a question. But um, well, let, let's dig into it. I, all, I yeah, <laughs> sometimes I do, and I like to ask that one, especially when when I'm trying to keep the interview shorter, um, struggle <laughs> to do because I could talk all day about sport. Quite frankly, so okay, answer your own question then. Yeah, I think because I could go on this topic for a few yeah. hours myself. <laughs> no, but I think the biggest thing for me is um, to really make sure everyone needs to get behind it um, because it's absolutely incredible and it's the same thing. Football is for everyone, um, mm -hmm. no matter what your gender is. That shouldn't be a reason why you watch the game or you don't watch the game. Um, and I think... For me, I'd like to stop the comparison between men's football and women's football. I think you don't really get that comparison in other sports. I think it's really a big comparison in, in women's football. Mm -hmm. And I honestly think that we're on our own pathway and we're, we're, we're doing our own thing and we're going to be able to stand on our two feet. We don't always have to rely on men's clubs to support us. I think we could achieve that. Um and if you look at the viewing numbers of the World Cup, I think it was 1.1 billion people tuned in to watch that final. Yeah. I think for me, um, as a young player and for someone who's trying to inspire that next generation, I'm so happy where the women's game is because like on a Zoom call, I was asking them, who's your role model and who's your favourite player to look up to? If you ask me that question, maybe three or four years ago I'd probably say ML footballer but all of these girls were saying oh Steph Horton Lucy Bronze and and I just loved that and one of them said Rio I, you're my inspiration and for me that's the biggest thing that it just means the world right um and I think the women's game isn't going anywhere and I just can't wait um for the Euros and the World Cup coming up I think it's a really exciting time um to be a footballer at the moment yeah it is and Let's hope we can, you know, grow the game and grow visibility of women's sport in general. But yeah, football, I'm a massive football fan. And um, I guess off the back of you you saying that, then who is your idol? Who was your idol growing up? Has it changed? I have a few. Like whenever <laughs> I get asked this question, I say a different name because I, had, I have a lot. Um, I think my biggest one is probably my mum because she's done absolutely everything for me. And yeah, she's right. the person that, sees me on the off days um, and picks me up when, for example, this injury, mm. she's the one saying, Rio, you're going to get through this kind of thing. And it means a lot. And if I look at it from maybe a sport aspect, I think um, the ones I really looked up to when I was younger was um, Annie Luco, uh, Katie Chapman, um, Jill Scott, um, Kirsty Peeling, who was my coach, just so many. Um, yeah. And then the men's game, Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney, Rio Ferdinand. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting Rio Ferdinand. So that was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was um, a big moment for me. But um, yeah, I've, I've got a, a lot of role models, but I'm really glad that I have these role models because without them, I wouldn't really necessarily think that I'm on a, a career pathway. So yeah. I'm really, I'm grateful that I've got all these role models in my life. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And we need to get, you know, some of these, you know, big name women, sports women and footballers sort of more in mainstream media so that, 
you know, it's great that the girls all came along to your session and were able to name Steph Houghton and, you know, Lucy Bronze and all of that, but they're into the sport. And we also want the other, everyone else who's not necessarily in the sport to see that as well. And that it's okay to play sport and you can still be girly and feminine, but at yeah. the same time you can be strong and physical to go with it. So we need, we need to, to, you know, get, get that more visibility around that in a wider world. And um, you're going to be in great esteemed company on this podcast because Katie Chapman is coming on. Um, so when it gets released, she'll be on and uh, Dame Kelly Holmes will be on. So you're going to be an esteemed company and uh, <laughs> when, when it all comes out. Um, so I look forward to releasing that. Okay, last couple of quick, quick fire questions. I always do a couple oh, of fine, okay. <laughs> okay, four favourite foods. Oh, um, <laughs> um, I love Chinese, so chicken chow mein. Um, nice. Uh, chocolate cake if we're going for dessert. <laughs> um, chicken, just chicken in general. I love protein. Um, and a good like cheeseburger. I just noticed that these foods were really unhealthy. <laughs> Do you know <laughs> what? My favourites. <laughs> it's fine. You know, I've I've had a few international athletes on here, and most of them say a burger. Most of them. Yeah, say that's, a, that's a good one. Um, so yeah, um, they, you know, we all love our food, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Four favourite films. Oh, um, James Bond. Um, as in, I think I would literally name them so spectre i love that one um <laughs> skyfall uh two other oh, now let me not go all james bond uh, yeah come on pick some other <laughs> um, mission impossible um yeah, and also what's that film called oh actually let me go with the classic mamma mia i've probably watched that about 20 times <laughs> okay yeah it's an easy to watch film isn't it it's a dead yeah literally film. one of those that's amazing. You like your action films, clearly. Yeah, I do like my action films. <laughs> Final question then. Four words that describe Rio. Um, <laughs> passionate, driven and hardworking, if that goes into... Passionate, being. driven, hardworking. No, one more. Oh, one more. Um, loyal. Brilliant. Rio, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being on. I wish you luck with your career. I can't wait to see you get your professional contract. I'm going to be whooping in the background. I know it's coming. And hopefully I can come to your first game as well when you play professionally. I, like I say, I do know it's coming. You're an amazing young woman. Just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, and it's a pleasure to know you. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for having me on. And um I've, I've stolen your slogan. I'm, I'm using it in my day-to-day -day life now. It starts with you. So yeah, loving, loving what you're doing. So thank you so much for having me on and you're putting the spotlight on incredible people um, just in life, not just within the sports industry. So thanks for having me. No worries, Rio. Thank you. You've been listening to The Real Life Sports Show. I hope you found some value and joy in this podcast. If you have, then please tell someone else about it. And also, while you're at it, why not leave me a five-star review? Also, you can share it on your socials. You'll find me mostly on Instagram at Sam Adams Coach. You can also check me out at my website, sam-adams.com. Send any comments or any interest in coaching or speaking to my Instagram. Just drop me a DM. I look at all my messages and I respond to every single one of them.